you pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there anything here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, today Jesus is going to send out the apostles to tell about the kingdom. Yeah, so these 12 nobodies think they're going to become somebodies because they get sent out by the famous Jesus. Well, he is going to equip them with the Holy Spirit, but they're not going to be somebodies. It's not going to be quite what they thought. It's going to be costly and uncomfortable. Yeah, we'll hear about that today on, on More Than Ink. Hey, hey, here we are. You are too. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we're so glad you're with us. We are enjoying reading through and kind of chewing on Matthew. And there's some chewable stuff there. It's a, lot, it's a <laughs> lot of chewable stuff. And uh, we're kind of in the middle of Matthew, I would say, and not quite to the halfway point, but close to the halfway point. And we're in this period of time where Jesus is uh, very active in his ministry in Galilee. He's healing. Uh, he's teaching. I mean, he's just, he's just very active. And uh, well, at the end of the last chapter, you know, he looked at the people and, and said, well, you know, these people are right. like sheep without a shepherd. They, they're aimless. Well, uh, and pray to the Lord of the harvest so that they could that he would send out workers right. to his harvest. Now that's so, going to that's going to be imp- important when we come to talk uh, about yeah, chapter Exactly. 10. It makes a whole ton <laughs> of sense because he's basically saying, you know, I'm working really hard here. Uh, you know, what what we could do if we had a lot of people going to a lot of villages at the same yeah, time. Yeah, isn't that interesting because that speaks to his humanity. Yeah, it does. One man in one place, even though he could heal at a distance, uh one identifiable human person yes yes doing this ministry he's he's man and he's god but he's saying we need more men but the model for ministry after the resurrection will be that that those who believe him will be sent exactly to carry on the ministry so he's laying that foundation here so we turn the page into chapter 10 and guess what he's going to do He's going to name the 12 apostles. This well, makes a little sense. It's interesting because they already had been walking in relationship with him, right? Yeah, there were right. There 12 right. who were identified as disciples, as learners. Yeah, so it's, yeah. there's two different words here. We got the disciples, the learners, and then he designates them as apostles, yeah. sent ones. Yeah, and we often, you know, we often misunderstand that. We think, well, disciples is one thing, apostles is another. You know, what's your badge say? It says disciple. My badge says apostle. And it really just is, is pointing out two different factors of this. Their, I guess their relationship with Jesus. A disciple is someone is more than just a student, but someone who actually follows, follows the them. person yeah. who's teaching. You, you'll go wherever they are. You'll listen to whatever they say. You take everything they say. That's a disciple. It's a very much a cognitive. I'm learning. I'm listening. I'm soaking in from this guy. But an apostle isn't just an office apostle. When you take it apart in Greek, uh, the the apo means it's a preposition that away. means away. Yeah. You know, to send off. And the solus part just means to arrange, to make an arrangement for. So. So uh, this preposition, apostelos, just means something that by design is set apart to another place. It's sent someplace well, else. Okay, so in the in the letter to the Hebrews, Jesus is identified as an apostle, the right. apostle of right. our faith, right? Right. Uh, but later on in the New Testament, we see that there was an office yes. of apostle, capital yeah. A, yeah. which was restricted to these 12 men who were eyewitnesses of but, the ministry but of the Jesus. But ones, the ones that Jesus handpicked to be sent out. Right. And I think that's what's important so 
uh, and you know, we were just talking at the end of chapter nine. We should read it. We're, we're, we, will, course, we will. But at the end of chapter nine, he says it'd be nice if we, if we had some more people to do this that I, that can be sent, sent out. out. That's the app. Yeah. That's the apostle kind of calling. So I, I always challenge people to say, you know, if someone calls himself an apostle, I ask them, well, where were they sent out to? Because in our in our Christian vernacular, uh, apostle is really closer English translated to a missionary. And if a missionary right, a isn't one. sent out, then they're not being a missionary. So right. anyway, that's just the distinction. Okay, so he's kind of changing their role here now. He's calling the, the learners. Uh, let's start reading in verse 1 yeah, of chapter, chapter, 10. chapter 10. And he called to him his 12 disciples mm-hmm. and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. And the names of the 12 apostles, the sent ones, the are sent these. Ones, yeah. First, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Right, right. Let's stop there. Yeah, well, yeah, let's stop right there. Because <laughs> these are very familiar names to us. Uh, by the way, if you're a little confused about the fact that Nathaniel's not on the list, uh, that's because uh, the name of Nathaniel is only used in John's Gospel. And John never mentions Bartholomew. Isn't that ah, interesting? So, I mean, the, the good guess is the fact that these are one and the same guy. So Well, and we see in that first sentence, Simon, who's called Peter, yeah. right? It was not uncommon to have a, a formal name and then a, another name. Yeah, a exactly. Name. In fact, Bartholomew, if you if you cut it apart a little bit more, I mean, it, it sounds like the son of this guy named Philomew or whatever like that. So it could be could be he's being called the son of somebody else yeah. when he says Bartholomew. Anyway, so here we have the, the disciples. Okay, so um, it stops me short that Judas Iscariot is on this list. Yes. Right? Because yes. Jesus is giving them authority. Gave them authority. To cast mm-hmm. out unclean spirits and to heal every disease and every affliction. And yeah. one of the other gospels says, and he sent them also to raise the dead. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, how is yeah. it? I'm just putting this question on the table that Judas was one of these 12 who went out and had this experience mm-hmm, functioning mm-hmm. in the authority of Jesus and then later on did what he did. Yeah, it, Judas is a quandary to a lot he of people. Really, well, he is to me well, as well. He continues to be yeah. to me uh, yeah. or a cause of much careful humble yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's and it's wrong for you to think that uh, that he has a wool pulled over Jesus's eyes. I mean, Jesus no. knows what this guy's all about. Um, that's the thing. But that's what's the amazing part of this entire thing is and that Jesus still entrusted him with his ministry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We don't know much about, for instance, when he gets sent out, his productivity in the field. But, right. But I mean, we just but don't he know. Was there. But he was there. He was one of them. And later yeah. on, we see on that night when they Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. And they look at each other like, well, who could it possibly be? You're right. 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 They didn't have a clue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's exactly right. So, and and you know, when we look at these names, it's it's the names just come and go so fast. They're in the other gospels as well. But um, but when you look over the names and you think about the background of all these guys, you know, there's there's no person of high status on this no. list. He doesn't he doesn't pull people in of great authority that people will listen to because they're people of authority. Right. You know, he doesn't do that. I mean, like for instance, if 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 Nicodemus had been brought into the fold before this, wouldn't it be cool to have Nicodemus going out and doing this because he's a man of authority? <clears throat> well, no, actually, Jesus does not want people with those kind of status right. bars. He wants exactly the opposite. And Paul said this in, in 1 Corinthians 1. I'll read it for you. He says, look, consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you mm-hmm. were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world 
to shame the wise. And God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Well, that's his comments in 1 Corinthians 1. And boy, that's these guys to a T. Well, here's the thing. The message is about the king. Yes, about them. yes, exactly. Right? And that's going to become clear later when we read the next section. He says them, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. It's yeah. like, oh, stay on target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's really important what you're doing. You're not doing anything else. I might mention also, um, here's just something to chew on for a second. Uh, the, the, uh, the names of the apostles, uh, the 12 names, also show up in Revelation. It's a very mm. interesting thing. I mean, in Revelation 21, and the wall of the city, this is the great city right. that the, the lovers of God will be in. Yeah, The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles mm-hmm. of the Lamb. So uh, before you just dismiss this as a list of just guys, <laughs> there's something much larger at work well, here than meets the eyes. Something foundational. Something yeah. very foundational. And, yeah. and they, by going out and proclaiming the kingdom in that first generation, became the doorway in a uh, yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they actually were the the foundations, like he says in Revelation twenty. They were the foundations of this eventual city, and it says that we are the ones who are actually built up into that city. So, uh, so they were the ones that laid the groundwork. And sure enough, that's exactly what he's going to have the apostles going to do. He's going to send them out because they're apostolos, and they're going to lay the groundwork that's going to spread throughout the entire. Okay, world. let's get to the instruction. We spent a lot of time talking about the names. Yeah, okay, <laughs> well, take it. Verse okay, five. Okay, so these. 12, Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel Mm -hmm. and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, so before I read on, you remember, that's actually how Jesus opened his ministry back in chapter four. That's right. The king is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I went to look it up just to make sure it's exactly the same as this. There's one extra word. Well, in he math, says repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that's really when he says here the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, the, the automatic question that should arise in your mind is, well, where's the king? Where's the king? And, and what's going to be established? What's mm-hmm. the jurisprudence that's coming down right, right now? So it, it kind of should make you shudder a little bit. And when Jesus says repent, he says, look, the kingdom's coming and, and you're not in. When you right. say repent, the there's something wrong. Yeah. Well, and he's going to unfold that a little bit when exactly. he talks about those who receive. Right? The, right, those who are right. worthy, those who receive. Yeah, but yeah. Um, same uh, message, though. Same message. Uh, yes, and it struck me too when it says these twelve Jesus sent out. Well, he had just told them at the end of the previous chapter, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers. To send workers. And here he is functioning sending as workers. the Lord of mm-hmm. the harvest. He yep. is giving the orders and sending them out. Yeah. What do you make of the fact? Uh, don't go to the Gentiles. Well, it's not time yet. Yeah, they the will. The time will come. There will come a time when the Gentiles are included, but he's saying go to the Jews first. And and Paul says this in his opening right, words right. in Romans 1. Because this is the sent one, the, yeah. the Messiah sent to the right. Jews. So he said to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. So, But in this case, he says go, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, which, by the way, is the, the title he gave to Zacchaeus. <laughs> The uh-huh. lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yeah. Anyway, so, well, let's move on. What okay. else are they supposed to do? And proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. 
Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff for the laborer deserves his food. Mm -hmm. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who's worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Wow, that's... Okay, there's a lot here. (laughs) So if you ignore the coming of these apostles and what they say about the kingdom of God, you know, the judgment is going to be worse on you than Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, that's ramping it up. So go back and look at Sodom and Gomorrah. You can find that in Genesis 19. Because the bottom line here is that Sodom and Gomorrah only had Lot and a pair of angels. Yes. Right? Yes. But these people will have the presence of the Messiah, the sent one, God's yeah. only son himself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is why the judgment will be more severe if yeah. they reject the message of this kingdom. Hey, Israel, your king is coming, the promised king. Right, right. And he'll he'll actually say that when these guys come into your town and speak to you, in, in a real sense, it's not them speaking. Right. It's the Holy Spirit. He's going to say that later. He'll say that in just a couple minutes here. So, I mean, you really are, if you ignore this, you're ignoring the direct revelation of God in your midst from these guys. And the judgment is going to be severe. And and so, you know, when he starts this, he, he basically tells them, starting in verse 8 and mm-hmm. through the next couple of verses, that don't don't go taking a suitcase full of stuff to support yourself. Isn't that interesting? He says, just go. Just go. There's a lot of knots here. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's basically you know don't don't do what you would normally do for a trip. Just mm. just go. No, okay, so no these instructions boiled down to me to about four or five things that he says. Not you're mm-hmm. not selling anything. Mm-hmm. You're not heaping up anything. Right, right. You're not to be weighed down by dragging a lot of baggage with you. Right, and right. And not to be worried about provision. Right. That gives you a sense this is an urgent mission. Right. Just get up go and now. go. Yeah. Do it now. And that's why he says the labor, laborer deserves his food. What he's saying is go out there and survive basically on what you're given. Just go. Well, okay. So that's going to be part of the picture of determining who is worthy. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the nation of Israel was expected to show hospitality yeah. to strangers. Yeah. It was a and strong the, cultural. Yeah, he says, you know, yeah. if you find, find out who's worthy in it and stay there, well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means those who are worth their weight, right? Well, those who are yeah. befitting a, a proper Israelite. And those who are welcoming to not only strangers, right. but welcoming to the truth that the strangers are bringing. Yeah, because openness. he tells us who the, who the not worthy ones are in verse 14. He says, yeah. if they don't receive you, if they don't words, listen, if they don't they're listen. They're not worthy of the message. There you go. So it has so. it has all to do with their receptivity to the message they yes. bring about the kingdom of God. Yes. And if they refuse that, he uses this, this great image of stomping the dust off your right. feet, <laughs> which is a way of saying, you know, I'm leaving your town and not even the dust on the ground is worthy to cling to me right. i mean there's nothing from your town i'm taking with yeah. me not even the dirt so so i'm stomping it off in fact it occurs to me uh paul and barnabas did this in, yes. in the first mm-hmm. missionary journey they were in one town things kind of went south and so they stomped the dust off their feet and it, it says in the other gospels uh, it doesn't here but it says this is a testimony against them so this is a public right. demonstration of i've I've I'm had done it, here. I'm, I had enough. I'm going somewhere where they'll listen. I'm shaking you off. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Well, let's move on. 16? Okay. You want to read? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> a little commentary from Jesus to the guys he's sending out. <laughs> Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents 
and innocent as doves, beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you'll be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Uh, when they deliver you over, don't be anxious how you're going to speak or what you're to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. You know, for it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Let's just stop there yeah, for a second. Yeah. So he's he's warning them. This is not going to be an easy go. You're going to be you're going to be you know pushed back a lot. Yeah. Well, and they should have actually already seen some evidence of that, right? Because Jesus was receiving a lot of pushback from the religious authorities yeah, at this yeah. point in his ministry, and it was only going to get worse yeah, later and, on. And if their message, you know, the kingdom of God, is the same as Jesus' message, and this is what's happening to Jesus, right. take the same message, probably get the same response. Okay, so Jesus had not yet been flogged in a synagogue. Right. <laughs> he had not right. yet been dragged into court. So, you know, there's kind of a sense in which this is – this is specific instruction to them from the Lord of the Harvest, but mm-hmm. it's also it's very far-reaching. It projects yeah. way down the centuries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And even in the near term, when you get in the Book of Acts, you see you Paul see and Barnabas happening. and those guys. They're doing mm-hmm. this. They're standing in front of right. kings. They're standing in front of governors, and they're and they're doing this very thing. And it's for his sake, for Jesus' sake. If they had just denied who Jesus was. Yeah. And didn't have a message about Jesus as the king of this kingdom, they, they wouldn't be standing in front of kings. But it's because of Jesus that they're bearing witness. And he says they're before them and the Gentiles. So there right. he's including that eventually the Gentiles are part of that picture. Well, and he had already taken them into Gentile territory at least he once, yeah. according to Matthew's gospel yeah. and according to the other gospels more often than that. Yeah. So, you know, it's not but but this specific sending out was to was to Israel. Yeah. And I think for them as they heard the fact that they're gonna stand in front of kings, they're probably thinking hey i'm a fisherman what am i going to say you know how am i supposed to carry myself and immediately anticipating that reaction he says don't worry about it verse 19 and 20 don't worry about it the holy spirit will give you exactly what to say in the moment exactly what to say. which is a fascinating idea because i i imagine that was pretty new to them i think so (laughs) because this you know in the old testament you had you had the prophets were the the prophets were a limited number they they had the holy spirit but they're thinking we're gonna that's gonna happen for us is gonna give us words yeah yeah that's fascinating and then that and he goes on in 21 he talks about you know what it's going to be like the climate of the time look brother will deliver brother over death over to death the father and the father's child and children will rise against parents and have them put to death and you will be hated by all for my namesake but the one who endures to the end will be saved okay stop there yeah. because that is definitely looking down the centuries De- oh, right? quite, quite uh, so and yes yeah. the apostles experienced that somewhat in their ministries mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it struck me that that phrase the one who endures to the end will be saved that shows up again toward the end of Matthew's gospel when mm-hmm. he's talking yeah. about the the end of all things before the judgment Everything, comes the apocalypse and yeah. it's, a, it's a constant theme in the letters to the churches in Revelation yeah. endurance to the end yeah. to be brought out of the tight space yeah and, and your salvation proclaimed yeah it's it's really an encouragement to persevere mm-hmm. because what he's just saying it's going to be a tough it's be hard it's going to be, be a tough, tough go. and it's going to be the people you love right so persevere even though they persecute you so when they persecute you this is 23 when they persecute you in one town well flee to the next for truly i say to you you will not have gone through all the towns of israel before the son of man comes Hmm. Wow. It means you, you got to keep moving. If they reject you, go to the next one, and you're and still going to run out of time. Once you start on this journey, keep going. Just keep going. Because there's always another town. Yeah, just keep going. 
Just keep going. Well, 24 is his final his final statement about why they're being treated like this. You want to read that for us? So a disciple is not above his teacher, a servant, nor a servant above his master. It's enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? Yeah, yeah. So, so here's the deal. <laughs> At the opening of this chapter, he called them disciples, which means people who listen to every word, right. they hang on everything him. you say and you follow him. And if, if he is sending you out as apostles, as a, apostelos, if he's sending you out, then he's sending you out because you're carrying a message. We know right. the message. The right. kingdom of God is near. So if this is all true and he's sending you out because he wants you to duplicate his message in other places, well, you're the servant. I'm the master. The way they treat me is the way they treat you. So, you know, it is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and for the servant like his master. So if, they, you know, here's the thing. If they called the master of the house Beelzebub. If they, Which they had just done. They had just done. They He's claimed, casting out demons by the king of demons. That's right. <laughs> blasphemy. You know, if they, so if they call me the devil is what he's saying, well, they're going to do the same for you. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna malign you guys as well. This is just so what's going to happen. He's telling them the ugly truth. Yeah. Right. And yep. making sure that they know what they're signing up for. With both eyes open. Right. With I've given you authority. I've given you the power. I'm giving you the words and I'm telling you to go. Yes. But it's not going to be easy. And, you yeah. know, Jesus said this same thing way toward the end of his ministry in John, um, John 15, 18. If the world hates you, you know that it's hated me before it hated That's you. That's right. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Yes. Right? yes. If, they, if they hated me, they'll hate you. If they persecute me, they'll persecute you. If they listen to your word, they're listening to my word. But if they reject my word, they'll reject yours. Yeah. And, and you ask yourself then, as you're listening to this, well, is this really all worth it? I mean, really? Right. Is this really worth it? Well, you know, at the, at the end of verse 15, he was saying that if they actually uh, repent and they, they go with the program of the kingdom of God, they'll, they will actually avoid the kind of judgment that Sodom and Gomorrah right. will go under. So you're in, the, you're in a life-saving mission here, right. even though they're going to fight you the whole way. You're in a life-saving mission. And that was, that was Jesus called a ministry himself. He was on a life-saving mission for his entire life. But it was not going to be an easy thing. It was a slog for him. And eventually, because it was so contentious, it got him killed. So, I mean, here's, here's the fascinating irony of the entire thing. For us who are called by Jesus to be lights in a world, we're lights in a dark place. But it, you would think that lights in a dark place would be welcome, but you're going to be fought. Mm, no. You're yeah. going to be fought. Even within a family, even within a family, a brother will deliver a brother and a father his child. And the children will turn their parents in and be put to death. Well, he's going to keep talking about this in the next chapter. Totally. Uh, becoming yeah. like a sword to divide people. Yeah, yeah. This you know, is this tough. is this is a hard section in the words of Jesus. When we think about being identified with Jesus is costly mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah. But Paul talks a whole lot about it, knowing him in his suffering and mm -hmm. suffering with him is a recurring right. theme in the rest right. of the New Testament. Right. And that suffering was worth it because 
it bought the salvation right. of so many. Suffering yeah. not because we're idiots and behaving right. like jerks, but well, because we are identified right. with the true name of Jesus in the yeah. world. The darkness does not like the light. Yeah, was that wasn't that Peter that said, you know, if you you know, if you suffer because you did something stupid, that's right. one thing. Right, yeah, but, that's first Peter. Yeah, but suffering for the sake of who Christ is, that's a whole different thing. Because you're, he you're suffered suffering. Too. Right. So in a real sense, they're persecuting Jesus. They're not persecuting right. you. Right. And in the same way in the Old Testament, when the prophets were persecuted, they weren't really persecuting the prophets they were persecuting the word the prophets were bringing and they right. and they beat them up and you know the message was not well received well and here's the thing the message of the prophets was uniformly the old testament prophets was basically repent repent there it is again <laughs> quit going the way you're going and yeah. turn and go another way yeah yeah exactly and you know a, a lot of us talk about being being made more and more like jesus in this process of following him and that excites us to a certain degree i mean it does a lot in fact but he's trying to remind us right here that there there is another side of us that's that's harder to kind of swallow if you're made if you're made to look more and more like me you'll be made to look more and more like the sufferings that i went right. through and that's just going to be part and parcel of it i mean again in, in romans romans 8 paul said you know for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers well conform to the image of his son I don't mind looking more and more like Jesus, but I'm not real wild about the idea of suffering. For well, Jesus. it's not purposeless suffering. Yes. It is suffering yeah. for a purpose, and there is a reward. Yes. And Jesus is going to talk about that in the next section that yeah. we'll, we'll read next week. Or in, in an amazing statement in the book of Hebrews, you know, for the joy set before him right. endured, endured the, the cross. cross. So no one wants to be crucified, but for the joy of what that's going to accomplish, you set that before yeah. you. Yeah, and it, that just changes everything. So they're on a mission to change the lives of people and turn people back to the Lord. But but it would be normal for them at this point, at this point as we stop the chapter right here, and we'll come back next week, for them to be fearful. So he's going to start the next part in this in this chapter ten by saying, you know, you, you don't you don't really have to fear them. Yeah. So don't be afraid of them. And then he's going to give you some specifics why. Yeah. Exactly. So so listen, I I think most people don't understand, but even at this very moment in time, persecution of Christians around the world is is rife. It's it's in many it's a places, reality. and you just don't hear about it very much. The message of the cross is going to people cause people to resist the kingdom of God. Anyway, we are so out of time. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we're delighted you joined with us. Come back with us next time. Read the rest of chapter 10, and we'll see what Jesus does to allay their fears. So we'll see you next week on More, More Than, Than Ink. There are many more episodes of this broadcast to be found at our website, morethaninc.org. And while you're there, take a moment to drop us a note. Remember, the Bible is God's love letter to you. Pick it up and read it for yourself, and you will discover that the words printed there are indeed more than ink. Oh, that's not what you want. Where are we going? <laughs> this has been a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City.